0: Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and more. We're also on Dash Radio every single day on their Nothing But Net channel. That also is free. That's at 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We had a huge week over there, so we're getting closer to 12,000 subscribers. Find out what the fuss is about. Royal Shepherd, of course, hosts... The post up post game show. We've got Clutch Corner going on there, likely, I would think, maybe Tuesday this week. And of course, of course, Floor's Yours, Extra Yard, and all of our extra programming. And the Five Reasons website. That's F I V E Reasonsports.com for the latest from Brady Hawk on just about everything Heat. The Marlins are starting up on Thursday. We're, we're launching some new Marlins coverage there as well. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our friends over at Seltzer Mayburg. We've been telling you about them for a while. If you have a traffic ticket or something like that, personal injury, they do all of that. They do it better than anybody. Trust me. Um, they threw out a couple traffic tickets for me also. But also, we've got this booming real estate market in South Florida. So, if you're looking to purchase a new house or refinance your current one, you also can reach out to them for that. They've got an attorney owned title company and they can handle your contract in closing for the low price of two hundred ninety. dollars So reach out to the law offices of Seltzer Mayberg. You can give them a call at 305-444-1565. That's 305-444-1565. You got to mention five reasons to get that $295 closing fee on all purchases and refinances. So make sure that you do that. You can also visit the, their website, onecalllegal.com. They're based right there in North Miami, onecallegal.com, O-N-E, calllegal.com. They'll be able to assist you with any of your legal needs, whether it's a divorce, a car accident, a slip and fall, everything else we've mentioned before, immigration, sports law. They do all of it. Everything is in-house. They're ready to help you with whatever you may need an attorney for. So anywhere in, South, in Florida, they'll help you. But they're based right here in North Miami, right off of I-95. So it's 305-444-1565, 305-444-1565, or one call legal.com. And now, tonight's episode.
1: One, 2, three, 4, five. On the floor. Welcome to 5 on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander part of the five reasons sports network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. Got the full crew. I am back from a mini vacation. we got Greg Sylvander. We've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander and tropical blanket. And this is the first time we've potted since the pod we did after the acquisitions of Victor Oladipo and also of Nemanja. I think I did that correctly. Bielitsa. I think I did that correctly as well. I'm not sure. You got it. I got it. So I nailed both of them. So those acquisitions, of course, Trevor Reza was added uh, about 10 days earlier and yet the heat keep losing. Uh, they've lost six in a row. There will be no Oladipo in New York on Monday. Uh, he's got a head cold of all things. Um, so all this time he's wanted to play for Miami and he can't start <laughs> right away. Bielitsa did travel with the team to New York or is traveling to the team as is Goran Dragic. So he will be back as well but again, still no Oladipo here, um, still the team a little bit shorthanded. We're going to try to handle this, this episode in two parts. We will get into how the team's playing because I don't think we can look past it because that was a factor here, I think, in one of the transactions that occurred in the past 24 hours. But also we want to kind of focus on how do they continue to fortify this roster because there was somebody we all thought was going to be coming here, LaMarcus Aldridge, and he is not. He chose the Nets. He chose to go where Blake Griffin already is. He chose to play with Durant, Harden, and Irving. He chose that even though we all had information, and I'll let Greg start here, that indicated he was coming to Miami to the point that the Heat expected him to come to Miami. And, Greg, that's where I kind of want to let you open here, because without dwelling on it too much, I mean, you had a report, I confirmed the report from three different places, and the report was the Miami Heat believed that LaMarcus Aldridge was signed, seal, sealed, and delivered.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was the assumption. Um, and when I tweeted what I did that he was headed to Miami, I mean, it was, they were operating as if he was coming. And um, and obviously that, that looks wrong in hindsight, and I probably could have been a little more careful in that knowing that until everything is signed, sealed, and delivered, uh, that there can be carefully worded tweets. So that's the learning part of it for me. But in terms of like being wrong or right, I know that when I tweeted it in good conscience, uh, that the person who provided me the information as well as me thought he was coming, the heat thought he was coming uh, to the point that I mean, you haven't seen a plan B um act you know like that That they haven't pivoted to a plan b so fast and i think that's an indication that maybe there was a little bit of um uh you know that they were surprised at the at the move so anyway that's where we stand and now we kind of look at the at the buyout market and what may be available as it continues to to dry up fast with drumming in la and uh and there was someone else who signed today elsewhere um
0: uh, oh, Gor- Gor- uh, Gorgie J. That's right, uh, San Antonio. Who signed with San Antonio, which is a bit of a surprise, except that Heat fans were in on that one, not really knowing the history. Uh, between him and Jimmy Butler, which there was a confrontation in an elevator, uh, which was reported upon. But there's also been more than that. Now there may have been some of this patched, but I was basically told uh, this is not something that Jimmy necessarily would have been on board with. So I I I didn't get the sense that 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 was an option for them anyway. Just to close the book on the Aldridge situation, and then I, I want to go to Alex on this and and kind of see where they go from here. I mean, again, to be clear, the heat believed he was coming. And and this is not to I I defended the reporting on Twitter, and I'm not going to continue to belabor it here. But the reason that's important is because, like you said, They didn't really seem to have a plan B um, because they believed he was coming. And, you know, whether or not uh, Barry Jackson, who obviously is an excellent reporter, great respect for Barry, Um, Barry, whatever you write that book about reporters in this town. I hope you take it easy on me. But Barry reported that uh, he spoke to an Aldridge associate who was also surprised uh, and that, you know, that the Heat were surprised. Everybody was surprised. But that, again, he wanted to play for a contender and the heat are going through a six game losing streak right now and we can say well he should be more patient he should understand the circumstances and all that he's always wanted to play with pat he probably would have gotten more playing time here than he's getting in brooklyn i don't think he's going to close games in brooklyn for one thing okay i don't see how they could they've got enough bad defenders but the reality is they didn't, they believed that Aldridge was coming. He had faked them. It's not the first time that this has happened to the heat. Um, there are other occasions we can, we can cite. There are others that people don't know about where you think someone's coming and they don't come. So let's, let's pivot here for the basketball perspective, Alex, and away from kind of the reporting perspective. A, is it a big loss that Aldridge did not come here? B, how does he fit with the nets as compared to the heat and C, who that's out there right now would you even take a look
1: at? A three-parter, huh? All right. So yes, I know the sentiment has been shared on Twitter ever since uh, he, he decided to go with Brooklyn and change his mind. But I don't think it's a big loss. Like, I was cool with him uh, deciding to come here. I, th- I thought it could have been an extra, you know, guy that you can go to for some offense. But the guy is, like, for, for, a, for a winning team to try to acquire him, I think it's a year or two too late for LaMarcus. I think he's going to be a fine regular season player. Maybe he'll get some playing time in the playoffs for Brooklyn, you know, given the fact that their front court is kind of a mess right now. Like, they have three slow-footed bigs that you're not sure about. I know Blake hasn't looked terrible over there as far as, you know, his feet. But uh, the, the three veterans are, are kind of generally slow-footed bigs who you're not sure about their fit in a, in a playoff circumstance. And the one mobile big they have is a rookie. Well, I mean, I mean, Nicholas Claxton is a, is a sophomore, but he didn't play at all last year. So it's a weird situation with them. I think that he can pretty much make it up with, you know, signing somebody, uh, just a backup five who can take some minutes in the playoffs. Maybe, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think like, if you can go after Dwayne Dedman or somebody like that, if he's in good shape, I think that'd be a pretty good idea. I just don't think like, I feel pretty good about the acquisitions that were made already. So that's kind of where my perspective is, is informed by. I, I wanted the, the, the scoring guard who could defend and that's all the depot. I wanted an extra, uh, switchy forward who can defend in, in different ways and different guys and that's a I feel good about him and, and how he's progressing and look they traded Kelly who was really important for him and they got somebody who pretty much does all the same things he does and look a lot of people are really emphasizing Nemanja Bielitsa's like ability to put the ball on the floor too and saying that maybe he's a little bit more agile you know as far as legs so I just think like they've done a really good job to fortify their roster already. I thought LaMarcus was always going to be the fourth best piece out of those guys that I just named as far as like their relevance to the team and winning in the playoffs. Cuz I just think these slow-footed bigs every single year we see the same thing. Like if they can't yeah. keep up on defense, they their their roles get I mean they, they they get relegated to 15 minutes or less. Even Kelly who's who's been pretty good as far as relative to a slow-footed big, he's pretty good positionally on defense. Same thing happened to him in the bubble. So yeah. Yep. I think they can make up for it. I don't think it's a huge loss and uh, Brooklyn uh, like they, they might be able to make it work, but it's a weird front court situation they've got.
0: Yeah. All right. So a, a few things on that. I, I I'm with you for the most part. I, to me, I thought that the Aldridge role here was going to be relief buckets that, that this was mm-hmm. a big, that eventually, if, if he didn't force his way into the starting lineup and we had heard that there was a you know, relative promise there that he was getting an opportunity to start. I thought ultimately Ariza was going to be the starter anyway, um, that Aldridge would be there for relief buckets. Uh, you know, another smart guy who could kind of, who could handle the pressure of big moments, even if physically he couldn't handle them quite the way that he used to. And, and similar to Igudala, although Andre keeps himself in the kind of shape that has made him productive at this age, whereas it doesn't appear that Aldridge necessarily has, I don't want to downplay it that much though, for this reason. Okay. We don't know what the is going to be here. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well in Sacramento, but that could be one of those situations. He gets out of a bad situation and shoots the ball better. Okay. Um, and obviously we saw Kelly played well at Houston yesterday, which if Bielitza doesn't play well, heat fans are going to be all over it. But, but the big problem here is that I don't know that precious is playable. Um, In those moments. And I don't know that he's going to get there because to me, he's only going to get more worn down as this sort of endless season continues with all these back to backs. And this is a guy who played one college season. We've talked about it. No summer league, uh, you know, none of that stuff, not even an NCAA tournament. And so I don't know that he's going to be available to you. And so I guess the question is, do any of the guys that are out there, Boogie Cousins, we've talked about, but he's been sitting out there for three weeks. Okay. And there seems to be no movement on him. So there's got to be a reason for that. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson to me is an interesting player, but not a particularly good shooter. And he's not a traditional big, I guess. So they could do some of those switchy things. And then Deadman is a player that I know that the heat have long liked. Uh, do any of them, makes sense for you? I mean, I, Otto Porter getting bought out to me would be the ideal situation and he's not a big, but I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, do, do any of those Alex make sense to you?
1: Yeah. Like I said before, I think uh, my number one guy would be Dedman. If I mean, look, he's been out there on the market for a while. So unless there's something else going on with him that I don't know about, I think he would be pretty nice. Like he's been able to shoot the ball before he's a solid, you know, like uh, rim protector and rebounder for a guy that you would bring off the bench. And I, again, I just don't really think it's, uh, that, big of a deal because we're talking basically about like a 15 minute role in the playoffs. I feel like more or less. Right. And that's where I kind of feel like you can do a lot of different things. Like obviously if you can get auto Porter, if he gets bought out, uh, I another guy that you could throw in there so you can have more bodies and not have to rely on Iguodala. Like that's cool. But I always thought this was just kind of uh, more of a luxury than anything. I think they, they could use more size for sure, because precious is not there yet. He still has a lot of lapses when he plays, but, it still feels like the least of their problems because relative to the other things that they addressed, I feel like. Yeah. Great, but, to not,
0: that, to, great, but To that point though, I want to, I want to, I want to break in with one thing. Brady, our guy, Brady Hawk put a stat on Twitter today, the on off numbers with bam during the six game winning streak. And there's something like a minus 45 net rating with bam off the floor. I, I know it's, I know it's a small sample size, but that speaks to the fact that they don't have any, I mean, they're playing Andre at the five at time. Like they have nobody yeah. to put there. So I, I just, I don't want to downplay it. They wouldn't have been going after Aldridge if they didn't think they had a problem. Right. So
2: yeah, there, there's definitely a whole up to, uh, you know, up front and they need depth there. I mean, when you're 24th in the league and rebounding and what 29th or 30th in block shots, like I know that those are like counting stats and very simple, uh, simplistic way of looking at it but like, you can't run from that. And I feel like Deadman, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's recovering from an injury. I don't know if that's like part of the process of why he hasn't been signed because I felt like he was kind of developing into a really serviceable stretch big around the league. Um, yeah. another players like Oklahoma city, um, there's been talk that Mike Muscala, uh, could yeah. potentially get bought out. Um, and I know they don't buy out a lot of guys, but he's a lower salary player. Um, Kem Birch and Kem Orlando, Birch, That too, is a was great one. watch. Was, yeah, yeah, was shout out Ken to Crab Smut yeah. Peddler because he called that one out, and it would be a, probably – you know what? That is the absolute best-case scenario is if he were to get bought out because they want to play Wendell Carter Jr. in Orlando, Kem Birch would be a perfect addition for this team.
0: And, and the other guy from OKC, of course, is Horford, and I know some Heat fans got excited about that, but it seems to me they basically – if you're not familiar – Horford played well for OKC this year. He's got two years left on his contract after this one at big money. And he's been a pro there. And basically, they had a statement yesterday, came out and said that Al would basically not play the rest of the season, but he continued to be around his teammates. It doesn't and that they would work out a a favorable trade for him going forward. It it does not sound to me like a buyout is coming. And you mentioned it. uh, Ownership in Oklahoma City is notoriously cheap, uh, especially in comparison to their wealth. Uh, they lost uh, James Harden over it, over $3 million a few years ago. I don't see them buying out. Maybe Muscala, maybe I, they're not buying out Horford. I, I would be absolutely stunned. Um, all right. We're going to get to the heat in a second, but let's, let's go through. I, I I've won just out of curiosity, Andre Drummond signed with the Lakers. He fans are in on that one. Cause it was a name, but there was never really indication that the heat were in no. on him. Uh, d- does he even help the Lakers? I I, I, don't, I don't It's hard. It. For, I-, I feel like right? he's
2: kind of like um, a, uh, a more evolved, better version of Hassan in a lot of ways. Um, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. some empty stats and I-, I don't really necessarily see him as a, as a huge game changer. Uh, like some other people have, I mean, I-, I just have never been a huge Andre Drummond fan that the, the, the roles of, him, um, making boneheaded plays that are out there are enough to drive me away.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of JaVale McGee, but it feels like JaVale's cleaned that stuff over the years. Alex, why at this stage, would you not just bring in Boogie?
1: Give me the counter. I mean, look, I'm not completely against it. I like, I just have my expectations set straight with Boogie, right? Like I understand why he's been out there for so long. Like it just hasn't looked good when he has been out there. And again, we're going back to the the slow footed, big thing, which It's kind of just the whole theme for this episode, apparently, because like, for example, you go, you're talking about Drummond. I think Drummond is, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of him either, but I could definitely see him as a, as a serviceable backup five for a winning team. I don't I don't really see the fit to play him alongside uh, LeBron and AD for for long stretches, maybe for short spurts here and there. But it just feels like a really weird fit there. Uh, and so I could see him being useful for them. But it, it's just weird because, you know, they already they they acquired Marcus Gasol and Madrez Hero over the summer. And so now you've got three kind of somewhat big name guys there that, that you were thinking about playing at five. And that doesn't even include Anthony Davis, who's your actual best option at five. So I think that's kind of a weird – another weird situation there in the front court. As far as the Heat, like Boogie Cousins, sure, why not? They got an extra roster spot that, that they got there that they can use. Uh, I know there's there, there's two, but if they use it, they go over the luxury tax. So I'm, I'm already just kind of imagining that they're not going to use that second one. Uh, for a guy that's not going to play. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead, give him a shot, see how he looks. I wouldn't mind it. If he can be a good like bench big for you who can score and do stuff off the bench, he doesn't look like a complete mess on defense. I'm with it. Go ahead. I just don't really think he's going to be a game changer.
0: Well, I think the question with him is always, will he go with the program? Right. And I think the only hope you have that he would go with the program is he kind of did in Houston from, you know, most indications. In fact, it seemed like he went with it more than Harden did and also that he's tight with Jimmy. And so you, you would hope that that would kind of keep things in line there a little bit. But I, the only thing that would worry me about him is if you do play him in the regular season and he shows something, but then you get to the playoffs and you can't really play him like you hoped. And then the sulking starts and I, that would concern me. Like I, you have to have a plan with him, like how it's going to go if he plays well, if he plays poorly, he just doesn't play and you cut him loose. But if he plays well, it's almost more of a problem <laughs> because just because he plays well doesn't mean he'll fit well in the postseason. And I think that's, you know, one of the issues here that they've got to explore. All right. We're going to talk about where the team is right now, not just the transactions. They're in the midst of a six game losing streak after they went through a great run. We can't just ignore it. Um, I, you know, they, they're not playing particularly well. Um, and I saw tonight Malik Monk did nothing the game after he torched the heat again. So, I mean, there are certain guys that this just keeps happening with. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Just watching the tournament, I had placed a bet on Michigan over at MyBookie. I feel good about that one. Go to MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag, use the code 5 F I V E, again, the code 5. You get a nice bonus there when you do it up to $500. This is the best place to bet. They've got the props during the game, you can play the live score. So, basically, Basically, if you don't do so well in the first half, play it the other way. In the second half, um, you can play just about anything. And also the baseball futures are out there right now. Of course, the season starts on Thursday. So if you got a feeling about the Marlins or any other team, go to mybookie.ag. Gives you something to follow the entire baseball season, which we know can sometimes drone on a little bit, but see if the Marlins can go over their number. I think, I think they're projected at 76 wins. So we'll see if they can get over there. So mybookie.ag. Use the code five. They got all kinds of different props there. It's a great platform and you get your money in a timely fashion, which is always important. So mybookie.ag, use the code five. All right, guys, um, let's get to it. Um, six game losing streak. They've had a couple of these long losing streaks this season and is in sandwiched in between. They had that great run with Jimmy, but Jimmy has not been enough when he's played of late and they were down. I mean, Look, shorthanded, not shorthanded, waiting for players to arrive. They were down 30 to a Charlotte team without its rookie of the year. Okay. It's not, we were talking about potting Friday night. I mean, I wasn't really in position to do it. And Greg, you texted me. and said, let's not bother. I mean, because there was nothing to say, right? There's nothing to say, but we got to address it now. Like, we keep hope trafficking that like this guy's going to help them and that guy's going to help them. And when they get healthy, and yet they're two games under 500 right now. I understand what the standings say, I get it. But they're still not a good basketball team. You know they're at this stage, yeah, right.
2: I, it, it's a tough situation where I feel like, um, not only the fan base, but even the players and the coaches have kind of alluded to uh, like, let's just get to like, I feel like it's like, let's just get to the playoffs. And once we're in a playoff series and, uh, we have all of our guys and, and yada, 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 in terms of all the different things that need to fall into place. But to your point, like at some, at some juncture of this season, they need to create some separation between the Charlottes and Atlantas of the world. And it doesn't look like that's coming so far. We have seen obviously with the standings that a quick you know, nine and one stretch, all of a sudden you're sitting comfortably in the four seeds. So I think that like, it's not, it's not doom and gloom where you have to think that they're going to have to be in a play in yet, but to your point, um this is still the regular season they still need to utilize their depth and like yeah the bam the on-off stuff with bam is super concerning because you can't get through the rest of this regular season with uh playing bam super heavy minutes and then go into the playoffs yeah in the playoffs you're all good let bam play 39 minutes and then you don't have to worry about the on-off numbers the way that they look now but how the hell are you going to get to that point is i guess where where my head is at
0: alex how do they get better other than adding Oladipo, I mean, where there are certain things that they've not fixed the entire season—the rebounding, the you know these three-point barrages that go against them, and then these three-point droughts that they have.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of factors, and I think that's why we're still kind of harping the, you know, making multiple acquisitions because it just felt like there's so many holes in the roster and just in you know the game that they play. So they need to start racking up some wins because it absolutely matters. Like I, I definitely feel you because I've been saying the same thing the whole time on this podcast, you know, get to the playoffs. I feel good about most of the matchups in general. But they do need to win these games before then. Like, you got to get the seating right. I think home court, even though it's a weird season with, uh, you know, most of the arenas not at capacity at all, I I would still say it matters, right? Like, maybe a lot less, but I would still want home court advantage in the playoffs. And look, I just think you can't go along, like, trying to – kind of float through the through the season and not care about your record and then all of a sudden those good habits and the winning habits are going to develop in the playoffs even if they are working their ass off I'm not you know doubting that part it's just like you can't you can't bet on something just clicking like that in the playoffs I think they've got to get in a a rhythm now and I kind of that's what I'm expecting I have high expectations for the rest of the season because I know like there could be an adjustment point with Oladipo given that he's a different type of guard that they've had in the past couple of years but like they have more weapons now. They have more things that they can do on both sides of the floor. And it's March, baby. It's The season's almost over. The Heat usually turn it up in March. So I'm expecting them to turn it up over the next month and a half.
2: Yeah, and like another part of this is um, when you see the way that they that Spo is evolving, uh, the lineup with Ariza. It feels very Jay Crowder esque. And, you know, when I think about like all the bigs on the market and, uh, and like, even like circling back to the LMA stuff, like maybe there's a part of it, where Spolstra is starting to settle into the same thing he did last year, where down the stretch run, uh, you know, he, he really kind of, uh, shelved the two big situation. It's a little early, I feel like to get to Mm -hmm. that, but maybe, you know, when you're two games below 500 and you feel like you need to, um, you know, pull a lever to get you into the four seed. Like you go to it a little sooner.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I want to pivot to Spo here in a second. Okay, one more sponsor I want to tell you about, and I want to I want to do finish this with a couple minutes on Spo's shirt because we, we haven't we we always talk about what Eric Caner can't do. We haven't talked about what he has done. I don't feel like we really evaluated his season. Perhaps we need to do an entire episode on this. Before we do, though, make sure you check out another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. There are friends over at Best Ever. Check it out, BSTEVR.com. The NBA platform is going up soon. It's a simulation. that You can essentially simulate anything. You can put players... That we're not on a team now, on the team after. So, for instance, once the NBA platform starts, you could take a look at how Andre we talked about how Andre Drummond's gonna look on the Lakers. You could literally simulate this against last year's Lakers teams. They'll give you a full game story, they'll give you a box score and all of that cool stuff. Right now, you can do it with NFLs. So just go on, it's free. Unlike the betting platforms that we promote here. This one is free. It's not gonna cost you anything. Go to BSTevr.com, BST. B-S-T-E-V-R evr.com just a couple of missing e's in there and again you just play around with it check out some of the stories that they've done if you're a sports fan i know some of these people that are on twitter all day saying ah if this guy was on this team if we made this trade just do it check it out on this particular platform try it in the nfl to start and then check it out in the nba when that one launches here in the next month it's bstevr.com and we'll have a new video up on the five reasons youtube channel we'll simulate something else dolphins related Coming up this week. All right, let's get to it. Two minutes, guys. I'll let you guys each go one minute. Eric Spolstra season so far, grade it. We didn't grade it when we did the player grades halfway through
1: the season. Alex, give it a grade. Damn it, you got to go to me first here. I was about to let that simmer for a little bit. Off the top of my head, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna say a B. I can't. You know, I'm I'm as big a fan of of spo as anybody else. It's not. I'm not here to talk trash on him. It's just tough to give him a, a really high. Grade when the team has just been kind of under five hundred for most of the season, and I understand a lot of that has to do with the circumstances of the COVID tracing and the you know the other guys that have been out for some extended periods of time, and we talked about that over and over here. But I do think the one like I generally think Spo has gotten the most out of the roster, right? Like I do think he's gone to this system where uh, that everybody, including me, has complained about for the past couple of months because of the roster. Right. I don't think it's like he's trying to fit everybody into his system. I think that's just the best way to optimize the guys that they have, where it's, you know, Jimmy and Bam facilitating. They're not always trying to attack. And it's a little bit of a of a balance. I do. I'm, I'm just going to give him a lower grade because I think that balance hasn't been there this season like it was last year. I think that the offense defense balance was there, even though we wanted more from the defense. It was never really bad, whereas the offense has been really bad all year. So that's where I'm gonna give him a lower grade. And the other the other thing that, that has frustrated me just a little bit about Spo, and he he talked about it a couple of nights ago, was just like the lack of optimizing Bam and getting him downhill more. Because I just feel like we haven't really seen that enough. We'll see it time to time. And I understand that like it's just how they've set him up and he's really, really, really good in the role that he is. I just you know, me and, and, and the rest of Heat Twitter, we're looking to see how Bam can progress into an even better player. And we see it right there, especially on a, on a, on a roster that is lacking rim pressure, especially with Goron declining. It's like, well, Bam is right there. Why don't you start using him as somebody who could attack the rim a little bit more as this roster kind of develops and, and Goron declines. And so that part uh, is another reason why I'm going to give him a lower grade. I do generally think he's done a pretty good job right? Like I think the fact that he's gotten their defense to be as good as it has, I think is pretty ridiculous. Cause I, I do only think they've mostly played with two or three good defenders at a time. So I think that's pretty insane. And I think B is a fair grade for him.
2: I'm so happy that you got to go first and not me. Um, (laughs) it's funny. I, uh, I'm going to go B minus but like a low B minus, like, like we're teetering towards the C and I'm being a little difficult probably or a little tough on Spo, Um, and it, it has to do, I guess, with a little bit of the inconsistencies, um, night overnight in the, uh, in the hustle stuff. Like I, I just feel like there's a portion of this and I know that like he's not out on the court diving for loose balls and he's also not the one who's out on the court missing, um, you know, good looks from, from distance when they're, you know, they're moving the ball and whipping it around and then they're just not hitting shots. Like that's not on Spo. but there is a portion of this where when Goren and Jimmy have been out the way that they have. And to Alex's point, he, he hit the nail on the head. Like why not just give the ball to Bam and go? And, and, and I know that like, there's a part of that, that's too simple. It's oversimplified and you need to One move place the ball. For him. But yeah, I mean, like it it just it just feels like a natural point to almost like um, to cater to him uh, to almost to the point where like it's so visible that you can't deny it. Uh, and I just don't feel like we've seen it in that way. And I don't know how much to put that on BAM or on SPO, but it's just a, a portion of the game where, yeah, BAM is awesome. And we always talk about Spolster and the way he maximizes superstars because he, he, you know, LeBron had his best years under SPO, most efficient years under SPO. BAM's trajectory, all the long term stuff is there. It's just about this season. And you just want to see a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go B- minus on this one. And the only reason it's that high is because he has managed to make them a a very good statistical defensive team, even while playing a lot of bad defensive players or or below average defensive players. But I'm with you, Greg. To me, the thing that's been a little frustrating this year, and this may be somewhat out of his control, um, you know, again, the injuries and all that stuff, I mean, coaches deal with that things, and he deals with it as well as you can. He doesn't make excuses for it. Um, That's been consistent throughout his tenure. But the effort night tonight is not Miami Heat effort. And I some of that, again, may be out of his control. It might be a result of tired legs after the short break, a weird season that doesn't really fit the Miami Heat way. They like to get their practices in, even though Spolstra cut them back uh, in recent years. They like to have a routine. That's why they were so good in the bubble. They got in a routine better than anybody else. Eric is very regimented in that way. Um, you know, I've always heard Eric's regimented about everything except he's getting to the plane on time that that one is always an issue. Uh, but but the other stuff he's regimented and and, you know, there's a certain method to his madness that the players kind of get to understand. And in the bubble that happened. But this year, it hasn't really had a chance to happen. So I think some of this is out of his control. But this has looked this year sometimes like a team that's kind of halfway yeah. there. And, you know, it's just, and doesn't take pride in certain things that they've typically taken pride in. I mean, you, when Malik Monk has that kind of first game against you, typically a Miami heat team would make sure that Malik Monk did not beat them again. And he beat them again. In fact, he did it worse. And I, we've seen that over and over this season and against bad teams. I go back to the golden state loss. I go back to losing that game against the Clippers where they didn't have anybody like, I don't know. There's been a lack of focus. And again, look, the world is unfocused right now. Okay. So it's not just Eric Spolster's team, but I have extremely high expectations for him because I consider him to be an elite coach. And so to me, the highest I can grade him right now is B minus. Now I will say this. He typically gets better as the season goes on. He typically figures out how to integrate guys. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm saying B plus at the end of the year, but right now to me, it's a B minus. All right. Check out our sponsors bstevr.com to simulate NFL, soon NBA. MyBookie.ag, use the code five, get yourself a bonus as you bet. And also, Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, OneCallLegal.com. Not just the immigration, everything else that they do, the traffic tickets, the, uh, the slip and fall stuff, but also $295 on your closing if you mention five reasons. We'll be back after the game on Monday.